0: You know, for us, it's not about specs, it's not about teraflops, it's not about the horsepower of a particular system. For us, it's about the content. Nintendo is a content-focused company. We create entertainment that makes people smile. So for us, we're focused on bringing our best entertainment to both the Wii U as well as the NX in the future. So. Welcome to episode 21 of the Game in Effect podcast. I'm your host, TK Cole. And this is your co-host, the Black Bruce Wayne. Man, we got a great show for you guys today. We're going to talk about a lot of things. I just want to jump right into this, man. Get this started. Uh, we had a few changes to the show. Right now, it's just me and Bruce Wayne with a co-host to be named later but we're gonna jump right in here Bruce Wayne, man i want to talk about mass effect andromeda you know they finally gave us the release date which is march 21st 2017 which is not that long away from now what do you think about all this Mass Effect and drama to drama? Are you happy with the release date? With the current state
1: of gaming and the relative
0: drought you have at the beginning of the month, I mean, uh, I think it's a breath
1: of fresh air. I mean, especially for a series that's known for its longevity, uh, story, graphics, and everything else, uh, I mean, I think it yeah, that's gonna be a contender for game of the year. Wow,
0: you're going out there on a limb already? game I mean, of the year
1: i i enjoyed mass effect the entire trilogy other than three in the ending it was kind of in but uh, yeah I, <laughs> I don't see why not there's nothing really else i mean of course we're i mean it's still january so we don't know what all is coming later on this year but i mean as far as i know nothing on the horizon really can touch mass effect right now
0: wow uh, i'm gonna make you eat your words but me personally i'm looking forward to mass effect Andromeda. uh Mass Effect 3 left a bad taste in my mouth. I wasn't really a big fan of it. It left a bad taste in my mouth. From what I've seen so far of Mass Effect Andromeda, you know, I went out to to the studio to play it a few months back, so I actually got to play it and I was really excited. I enjoyed myself, I enjoyed the game. I'm really looking forward to it. March can't get here fast enough, but we do have a few other games coming in March. The Legend of Zelda, I don't know why. (laughs) you probably forgot about that as i was saying man i'm i'm really looking forward to mass effect andromeda and what they bring i don't know if i want to say game of the year yet being that mass effect 3 was not too good but we'll see we'll definitely see man i'm looking forward to it anything else you want to add
1: yeah did you check out the new trailer they released at ces this past year
0: yes sir yes yeah, sir
1: pretty dope i see i see it taking up it seems like it's increased in terms of like rpg elements when the dude shot fire from his hands i was like that that's my game right there. like it was it was pretty dope in the side strafing and everything like that i mean like i said man I'm, I'm thoroughly excited for it i mean as far as i know i mean there's nothing really excited for other than resident Evil 7 which is up there on my list too but there's nothing else coming out this year that i'm just thoroughly excited for
0: as much as mass effect i definitely agree with you on that. I think it's going to be good. Uh, I just don't want to throw all my eggs in one basket yet for the game of the year, but crazier things have happened. Overwatch one game of the year, 2016. So anything's possible. Let's move on. You know, Microsoft has been taking over the media lately for obvious reasons. Let me ask you this question. Can Microsoft realistically go a full year Without a new Halo, Years of War, or Forza title, any one of those games.
1: I'm a, I'll say it like this I wish they would, but they can't. How like, let's just put it, let's use, for example, Recall. Recore was a flop. It's It seems when Microsoft tends to invest in these new IPs, hopefully that changes with scale bound. Let me say that first. It seems like when Microsoft tends to invest in these new IPs, they tend to fail. And they're going with the if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Gears is going to continue to sell millions of copies. Halo is going to continue to sell millions of copies. Forza is going to do the same exact thing. You know what I'm saying? You like Quantum Break. Quantum Break, the concept was great. The story was great. Overall execution of the game, the length and everything else, that's what that was its failure. You know, so I just think Microsoft is doing the tried and if it ain't broke don't fix it people are gonna still buy these games God.
0: i honestly believe between me and you they need to at least try to uh do without one if not all three at least try to do without maybe halo for a year i think they can do it i honestly believe they can go a whole year without releasing halo
1: see my problem with that though honestly microsoft had like untapped unused ip sitting somewhere and they won't utilize them Voodoo Vents, Blinks from OG Xbox. What else? I mean, I know they got the the Phantom Dust uh, supposed to be coming out or whatever the case may be. And there's so many other franchises they can decide to bring back, but they choose not to. they rather recycling these current IPs that are, you know, million sellers, you know. And half the time, the story doesn't even make sense. Like Halo, I didn't even enjoy Halo. I didn't even beat the story because it just seemed like the same thing over and over. Years is pretty much dead to me right now. I am still enjoying Forza because I don't play many racing games right now anyway. Yeah, Forza is thoroughly enjoyable to me only because they released a constant, a steady stream of DLC for new cars, tracks, whatever the case. They just had the Blizzard DLC that just dropped uh, last month, which is, was pretty cool. So that's probably the only game I'm enjoying currently out of the, their three main titles.
0: Between me and you, I definitely understand where you're coming from. I just feel as though they shouldn't do it all in in one shot. They should do one at a time. If they're going to do that, they got to have something to take its place, and it has to be a good IP, because these games are their bread and butter. A lot of people expect these games to come every year. That's one thing a lot of people are forgetting, because they have built that rapport up with the gamer and the consumer. If you're going to do that, take your time. If you remove Halo this year, have something good to replace it. There's some IPs that they have sitting around, like you said, from the OG Xbox, from the Xbox 360 that they can bring back. Will they do it? I don't know. You know, Microsoft, you know, they are a fickle company. They only like to use what they know is going to make them some money. I'm looking forward to the Scorpio.
1: Just to add to that, since the beginning of this year on YouTube and everything else, it's Scorpio, Scorpio, Scorpio. What's the point of getting the Scorpio now? Do I really want to go back and play Gears of War 4 just to play that 4K? No, give me something new. Give me a new experience. Give me something that I'm going to invest six to $700 in that I, I I can't get on my Xbox One.
0: Mm, Agreed. I definitely agree with that. Speaking of new titles, man, let's move on. Did you hear that The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild will launch the nintendo switch in uh march and i want to know what you think about it
1: yes i did and that's day one i mean i've already said it in the previous podcast that's that's gonna be a day one purchase i work in sales so i know what they're trying to do they're they're trying for every system they want a game so and that's going to be the game that gets purchased Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying it's it's an attach rate so it makes them more money makes company more money everybody's happy plus we get the game they want if i was nintendo just speaking if it's not another mario don't release it with Zelda because y'all not gonna sell else. Period. Point blank. Like <laughs> to
0: me personally, cause that's the only I game agree. I would probably
1: buy day one until I, I see until I see you know reviews and stuff like that on on the other titles they release with.
0: It. I think releasing the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild with this console is an amazing idea. They're finally starting to listen to the people. I'm not going to get my hopes up with Nintendo that they're going to always listen to the consumer or to the gamer because we already know they're not going to do that. But what I do know is right now they're taking in what a lot of people have been saying to them. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to the Nintendo Switch and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. It's a day one purchase with the rest of these other games that I am will be picking up in March. But Nintendo Switch is definitely going to get a lot of play on my YouTube channel, on my TV, on my monitor, whatever I decide to play on. I'm definitely going to be using that Nintendo Switch a lot. I'm proud of Nintendo right now. I want to move on to another gaming apparatus. Let's talk about the Xbox Scorpio for a minute. Now we know what Microsoft has been saying the Xbox Scorpio is going to be. What my question to you is, what the Xbox Scorpio is right now, what we think it is. How do you think the owner of Valve feels? Because to me, the Xbox Scorpio is what the Steam machine supposed to be. Like, I have that Alienware Steam machine and it's been sitting in the box. I took pictures of it and put it on Instagram the day I got it and I just sat it there. I used it one time and I'm, I'm I'm not a real, I don't like the game on PC like everybody else do. But this was Valve's dream to have something that powerful. How do you think they're feeling over there at Valve? Your honest opinion.
1: Well, at the end of the day, when I first heard of the Alienware Steam machines or whatever the case was, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I just figured it was a PC trying to take over console market and I think that's what a lot of people label it as but when you look at the Scorpio you know it's a console first before a PC even though you know over at Microsoft they're trying to blur the lines between the PC and Xbox with their whole integration of well, the play anywhere and so they're trying to blur the lines but i mean i just think the scorpio is just an extension of that xbox one console just with beefed up
0: specs and stuff like that
1: now if i owned the steam machine would i be mad probably a little bit probably could have saved my money spent a couple hundred bucks less and got probably the same specs
0: that's what i was thinking about man you know other
1: than that i mean it's not really it's it's hard because i never owned the steam machine i know at first glance this i knew this was something i wouldn't buy but other than that no
0: now let me ask you to me, just from a person that works in corporate America and that pays attention to everything's going on around them, this comes off like Microsoft is trying to corner the steam market and make them, you know, sweat a little bit. Not because of the Xbox Scorpio, but just because of all the other moves that they're making. They're trying to get that Windows 10 universally attached to everything. In my personal opinion, if Microsoft gets that ball rolling exclusively, doesn't that hurt Valve? And what they're trying to do with Steam. That's only if the Windows store picks up.
1: I've never bought a game from the Windows Store. All my games have either been purchased from Steam, G2A, Kingwin, whatever other websites you can purchase games from cheaper because they tend to run a little bit better. Well, I've been told that some of the games on the from the Windows local store, I mean the Windows store, actually run horribly, so it's better just to get it from the Steam version. Just like the whole fiasco, it was uh with Call of Duty. They were selling Call of Duty Infinite uh, warfare on the Windows store, and they were selling it on Steam, and neither one were compatible. You couldn't play with somebody that owned it on. State.
0: that's crazy
1: i mean unless the windows store picks up i don't think valve have anything to worry
0: about i know microsoft they play hardball man their focus is to conquer the world and to have lock on pc and to have a lock on the console at the same time and i think that's basically what they're trying to do but like you said if their games don't run properly if everything don't go off with a hitch valve has nothing to worry about let's move on uncharted 4 has sold 8.7 million copies worldwide i've played the game anybody that knows me know i'm a fan of uncharted 2 i'm not the biggest fan of uncharted 4 it looked amazing but the story you know the gun gameplay was pretty i wouldn't say bad but it was nothing to write home about i'm still trying to figure out how this game sold eight. Point seven million copies worldwide and the game hasn't even been out a year yet what is the secret to naughty Dog's success man talk to me bruce wayne talk to me brother they release quality content products games whatever everything
1: they release is quality i've yet to hear about a bad naughty dog game this goes way back to the ps2 days back with sly cooper uh jack and daxter or Crash Bandicoot, PS1, all that. Like, it, they, they have yet to release a bad game, period. And name speaks for itself. You hear Naughty Dog, people get excited, you know. Just like uh, with with Last of Us 2. Like You didn't even know what they were showing, but the crowd was going crazy just because it said Naughty Dog at the front of the screen first. I mean, but they could only assume what it was, you know
0: last of the spirit but as much as i want to disagree with you as much as i wanted to be disagree with bfg i can't find an argument for it they naughty dog does release quality games they do i can't dispute it but 8.7 million copies worldwide i mean and i can't even say oh it's because they bummed it did with the new uh console. That's not it because it sold, what, 2.4? I know over 2 million the first week. So you can't even, you know, lowball them and be slick that way. I, I just I just don't know, man. I just don't know, bro. And it's a great game. I just think the story was uh, a, a lagging a little bit this go around. It just didn't have that staying power to me. But it was, um, it looked amazing. It looked like a movie, man. The only other game that looked at that good was uh, Tomb Raider. Congratulations the Naughty Dog
1: and Un- Uncharted 4's success. I mean, is the game still, you know, being played? I doubt it, but, you know, I mean, to sell that many copies in that amount of time, I know it's been a short span of time, but that's a feat not even accomplished by a lot of the games being
0: released out Shit, it took Halo 5 almost a year to sell over 5 million copies, man. That's a great feat. Which leads me into our next topic. In 2016, physical games revenue is down 16.4% year on year. But digital download games are up 12.1%. What you make of that, Bruce Wayne?
1: That's just the the way of the world. Like me, personally, I'm all digital, period. You know, you got places like GameStop who... <laughs> pretty much screw you over when you go to trade in the game. What's the point? It was just catch it on sale, get it for the low and keep it moving. I mean, a lot of my games are day one purchases, so I don't necessarily get to enjoy catching it on sale or whatever the case may be. But I mean, yeah, well, I mean, especially, yeah, with, definitely with GameStop, that's not even trading anything anymore. I mean, I might go buy like a, a charger or something from there or a battery pack or something. That's it. There is no need for GameStop in my in, in, in my house. Everything's gone digital. I mean, and plus, I'm a la- I'm one of those lazy gamers. I don't feel like getting up flipping discs and all this stuff the (laughs) crap to get to the game I want to play. Like, I'd rather just hit a couple buttons go straight directly to the game I want to
0: uh, enjoy at that time. I'm going to be honest with you, man. I was a slow mover when it uh, came to the digital age, but I'm here now. far as digital when it comes to gaming, guys, everything else, I've been digital for a long time. I've stayed using this up until I want to say December 2015, and that's when I started going digital. I collect a lot of games. You know, that's why I didn't go to digital until late.
1: I guess this is the way, way the world now you know everything's digital. Music's digital. Nobody buys CDs anymore. I don't even remember last time I bought a Blu-ray movie. I haven't had a need to. You can buy it on your Xbox. You can buy it on your PC. You can buy it through your cable service provider. There's no point in
0: DVDs anymore. This whole world is going digital, man. GameStop, you know they try to make people feel bad about going digital because. They're going to really feel it once the companies go strictly digital. They're the ones that's going to have an issue. They're not going to make no money. Because you remember Sony and Microsoft wanted to go digital this generation, but somehow GameStop talked them out of it. I don't know if you remember that. Those guys want to go digital. We want to go digital too, because I am be damned if I'm going to keep giving them all the money that I'm giving them. Nah, me neither,
1: man. Like, Game. I don't know, man. GameStop just, ugh. It just leaves a sour taste in your mouth when you go in and trade in the book. A load of shit and you just you know you finna get done with no vaseline and you gotta do that walk of shame out like damn what
0: the hell did i just do i wanted to ask you what's your most disappointing game of 2016 you can name a few i got a few
1: i got a i got a couple and i thought long and hard about it because we've had we brought this conversation not as a topic but just as a through general conversation wow. I've, I've always said the division i gotta give props for what they do that they released the update to fix a lot of the issues going on they done that because i've actually went through and actually looked at it and seen and enjoyed it so my, my next on my list I'm going to say is quantum break that personally, just cause I didn't, I just didn't enjoy the game. Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed the story, the cut scenes and everything else. Uh, it just didn't keep me though. Like it wasn't a game I felt I needed to beat in my second game and this is going on the mobile side. Only because I'm a huge fan and I felt like it could have been done more with it. I'm going to say Pokemon Go. Hmm. I'm going mobile on that one. I, I'm, a, I'm a Pokemon fan. I enjoy Pokemon. The ambition and creativity could have could have had with that, that game they did. It was so much mm. more they could have did with that title.
0: Mm. Don't
1: get me wrong it was the most downloaded app of 2016 but like that game has been dead to me for like some months now. After shelling out maybe I, I probably say at the most about maybe 50 60 bucks on in that purchase i could have brought me a full version of a game for that true (laughs) but uh yeah those those are probably my two most disappointing games i haven't
0: been too displeased this year well i'm about to shock you my two most disappointing games of 2016 number one is the division now i know you're like over there shocked because I'm a flag waver for The Division. Everybody that knows me know I love The Division. I play it constantly. I didn't play 1.4 because I had too many other games that I had to do for my YouTube channel, but I played every 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, and I'm back with 1.5 and I'll be there for 1.6. But The Division really pisses me off. The developers, they're starting to only cater to the casuals and the casuals are crying because the casuals are not used to RPGs of this magnitude and they're not used to having to grind for loot and you know they get killed in the dark zone, so they want to bitch and moan. Hey, man, when you come to the dark zone, you should be able to handle what goes on in the dark zone. You know, and there's things that were broken that they didn't fix and they had years to fix this game because remember, this game was first shown in 2013. So they had ample time to fix this game. I'm not going to rant. So I'm just frustrated with the community and frustrated with the devs trying to pacify the casuals because they want them to stack.
1: That, that's been the case in most games that are releasing. Yes, of course, you have your like, you have your hardcore, this is the game I'm going to play for as long as I possibly can until I just get tired of it. But then, yes, you do have the casual. And uh, these are the ones, the guys on the forums complaining, I can't get this weapon. Oh, this guy's too powerful. I shot this guy 10 times. He didn't die. Why is that? That is its not just on the division. I've seen it on... on I've seen it on Gears, I've seen it on Destiny. I've seen it on several games. They are catering to these casuals that two, three, four months down the line aren't even gonna pick up the game anymore. You know, and I I hate to say, that's just, just, I guess that's their attempt to make everybody happy,
0: I guess, but it's not. You only could bend over backwards so much with casual gamers. I'm sorry, and people need to understand that, which leads me to my next game that I'm disappointed. Gears of War 4, I'm disappointed with it. You know, I bought the Ultimate Edition, I actually got it for free as well. I'm not impressed. The story was too short. It was all over the place. Ending was sad, which was cool. What happened to the days of when you get a season pass, if you get a season pass, you get storied DLC. Why is every developers so lazy now no one's giving you extra dlc that's story you know there was a time when dlc comes out you get another piece of a story it's like the witcher 3 they was the only ones to do it but i want a story mode i want extra story i don't want map packs and gun skins and all this old weird stuff I want more story.
1: They did that at one point with Gears. I, I know they released, I think this was like Gears of War 2, I believe, where they released the RAM DLC or some shit like that. So, I mean, they tried. I mean, I guess it didn't work or they didn't see the point. And, like, I definitely know where you're coming from with the with uh, with the with the DLC. What's killing me is the, the fucking microtransactions. Oh, my God. All it is is a damn cash grab because they released, like, we have a new uh, customization pack out and it's $20. Like, what? Like, they had, like, the UIR pack over the pack, uh, Christmas. It's like $10 for a chance to get the skin like that that doesn't even make sense if if i'm gonna spend some money guarantee me something don't give me a chance i should be guaranteed something i'm spending ten dollars or twenty dollars they had i think they had the uh run the jewels pack it was like twenty dollars for a couple of like two or three skins just to play to look like killer mike and that other guy that rap with him i don't know his name <laughs> but i mean yeah Gears, LP. yeah lp that Gear's is killing me with that. We should have got that for free. Exactly. Like I don't even see no point. Like first of all, yeah, you get you get the two new maps at the beginning of every month, but then you gotta sit and wait till it comes out the developer playlist to even play it with other people. Like that that doesn't make sense. Every month we should get some sort of package or a set of customization cards or whatever the case may be to compensate us for spending that hundred dollars on the ultimate edition.
0: Now let's let's move on. What were your best games of 2016? A lot of people probably hate me for this. I'm going to say Destiny,
1: man. That was like the only game that I could sit here and say I played for days and days especially once the Rise of Iron DLC came out. That was literally my go-to game. And I, I think that's the effect that Destiny has on individuals that played the game since day one. They released the DLC, you come back to it for almost a good two, three months because it's so much content. You're waiting on the raid, you, you got the regular raid, then you got the hard raid, and then you gotta you wanna get the full armor sets. It has a way to draw you back, regardless what you may think. You may sit here in your mind saying, I hate that game, I hate that game. But there's gonna be one particular reason they get you to come back. And I think that's why <laughs> And I think that's why they released DLC as they do. They
0: have these events as they do. Speak I, for I, I, ain't, I ain't coming it's, back. It's coming from the division flag where we're going to turn coat. Uh, you know why I turn coat? I'm going to tell you why. Because the game came out in 2014 and I bought the game and it was shit when I bought it. Let's, let's be honest. When that game first came out, it was trash. It wasn't what we've seen previously at E3 when we played. It was a totally different game. They split it, cut the story up, and then they had us buy the game again. With Taking King. Uh uh-uh, that turned me off. I gotta buy the game a second time in order to be able to get more stuff. Come on, man. I just bought the game. And then they did it a third time. Uh-uh. The division did nothing like that tough. I'm not gonna be spreading myself thin with two RPG looters. That just wasn't going to happen. That's how I feel about it. You know, no disrespect to Destiny, though. My favorite game of 2016 has to be Rise of the Tomb Raider. I don't think no game out there was better than Rise of the Tomb Raider. That's just my opinion. There's a couple other games. XCOM 2 was pretty good to me.
1: I wish I could have got into that
0: game. You still can? XCOM 2, solid game. Hitman. Hitman. Listen, man, it was suspect to me at first, the the episodic rollout, Mm -hmm. because it was like something... They've never done with this type of game, but I gotta be honest, it worked perfectly. It, it did really well the way they did it, and of course, Hitman is Hitman. But once you got used to the, you know, the rollout, it was amazing, man. It's an amazing game this year. But I would have to pick, you know, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider and maybe XCOM too.
1: I might have to catch that uh, That XCOM like, I gave it a shot I, I didn't think I would be into it But I've heard some Some good things about it I brought it on I brought it on Steam And I refunded it Because I it didn't win my cup of tea I guess I didn't give it The
0: honest chance though. Of course you didn't You opened it And ah this ain't nah, this ain't about nothing And then you You know you gave it back I did that with a few games Now let me ask you What are your most Anticipated games Of 2017 it, it releases
1: in two weeks Or about two weeks A little less than two weeks Oh boy. Yeah, one of them is Resident Evil 7, I gotta say. Like, let me I'm not gonna say I was turned off at the thought of it being in first person, but after playing the beginning demo, it almost has the same effect Outlast has in terms of just overall atmosphere and just overall fear, period. You know, like you're literally trying to look behind you. You uh you're not you're not this military or police trained dude anymore out in the field able to shoot a gun. Like you do, you seem like you just some regular Joe. And uh, get me don't, don't get me wrong. I think that character in the in the demo, you're not playing as him in the actual game. I think you're playing as somebody else. So that could change. But just the just what I the direction I see Capcom going in with that game, um, I definitely know I'm gonna enjoy it and play the hell out of it. Like even the demo, like a lot of people played through it, not realizing that it had six different endings. It had a secret room that you could have opened. It had a notebook key to fill up. Like that's the that's the Resident Evil I I know and love the secrets you know you know you miss something I, I didn't I don't want all I want the tension again I don't need all that action and, and and dude punching boulders and jumping out of helicopters I don't need all that give me the give me the Resident Evil take us back to Resident Evil One take us back to old school.
0: Tell you something that a lot of people don't understand or even know i hear all these resident evil fans getting upset about the game being in first person what they don't know is this they wanted to make resident evil a first person shooter in the beginning but the Mm -hmm. technology was not there for it See a lot of people Don't know that So if technology Had it been there Resident Evil Would have been The first person Game in the first place We'll see what happens Man with it
1: Oh uh, but What else is on my list I mean of course Mass Effect We want to talk about that uh, That's definitely a day one um, This is going to go back On what you said About the division Because I'm Interested in Wildlands I'm waiting on my Beta invite now From Ubisoft So hopefully I get Into the beta And uh, get at a go I'm going in Optimistic about Wildlands. I, I believe Ubisoft knows the mistakes they made. I believe they're trying to rectify them. I definitely like the uh the setting, the environment. I mean, you got like you got desert, you got mountains, you got snow, you got jungle. Like, I mean, I don't understand what part of the world they're in, but to have all that, but whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'm i I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely excited for that. Um, I mean, I want to say I'm excited for Scalebound. I haven't really seen a lot of video on it. And not even confirmation that it's going to release this year, but Scale Bounce up there on my list, also.
0: I'm waiting on uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Persona 5, I'm waiting on um, Ghost Recon. It's, it's a few of them, but right now, if I had to pick out of the bunch, Persona 5. It's a role-playing game developed by Atlas. It's gonna take place in Tokyo. So I'm just anticipating this, man, cause it's, I've always been a big fan of the series and I think they're gonna do well, man. I think 2017 is gonna be a better year. Definitely. I
1: definitely I definitely have a feeling it's gonna, just an overall quality of games. I think the, uh, the only thing that's saving 2017 as it is, as of right now, is going to be Mass Effect and Zelda, though.
0: We'll see. I'm hoping. I think the dark horse is Ghost Recon depends what ubisoft we get now that goes if we get lazy ubisoft ghost recon is gonna be trash but if we get haha we got it right ubisoft then we're gonna have a great ghost recon that might go down in history as one of the greatest open world games of all time we gotta see what ubisoft we're gonna get but let's move on man what makes a great horror game in your opinion
1: First and foremost, I mean, it, it has to have some some level of gore to it, man. That's just, I mean, the environment has to be nice. And I'm a grown man, and I'm willing to admit this. Like, I damn near shit in my pants playing Outlet. It was, it was just the fact that this goes back to the reason why I want Resident Evil 7. You weren't this badass military guy that had weapons training and could fight, blah, 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 and was prepared for this type of shit. You just a regular Joe and all you had was a camera and your two legs. That's it. So that, knowing that, okay, whatever I'm, I'm finna run into can kill me, just that thought alone is gonna scare the shit out of you. Period. Point blank. And, I mean, and yeah, but back to, the, back to the, the, the question in the hand, it has to be gory. The environment has to be some, it has to be unsettling. Of course, you got to have your areas where it's dark. I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, I'm, I'm like you, man. I love a good horror game. I love a game that's going to scare me shitless. Or I can't even, like, that's why I haven't stepped back into Outlast. I know I need to with Outlast 2 coming out this year, I, which I plan to one day with the lights on. daylight outside, like this stuff. But yeah, I mean, gory, the environment, and just tension, overall tension. I need to feel like something's going to jump out me at every time. I
0: agree with you 100%. Like, I have to feel it. And Outlast was scary and I enjoyed it so much, man. I'm not saying follow the blueprint of, of Outlast, but it has to be intense like Outlast. Like, Outlast is the blueprint.
1: Yeah, like, my, my sleeper horror game still is like the Evil Within. Evil Within, it had it had those inklings of Outlast, but at the end of the day you knew you was a cop. It's just overall twist in the game. I won't spoil it if you haven't played it. The overall twist in the game and the fact that the, the main pro, uh, antagonist, like, this dude could be anywhere. And then that whole tech Texas chainsaw Massacre dude with the chainsaw and the, 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 the X or whatever the case was and the box on his head. That I mean that took it to a whole nother level, you know. Uh, so. and I think I mean there's little inklings of Outlast in that game but overall I think uh, The Evil Within held its own in terms of horror
0: yeah it was good The Evil Within was a good game Outlast could really happen that's the difference between Outlast and The Evil Within you know Evil Within had a little bit of fantasy to it
1: and and I think that's partly what has me excited for uh, Resident Evil 7 like, I could literally picture my, I mean, it, it, it somewhat takes cues from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, in which that's based on a true story. Like, I can see that happening. You getting stuck in the backwoods somewhere, getting snatched up by some cannibalistic family. I mean, probably, it probably has nothing to do with the T-virus and like that. But I'm just saying, it's, the, the fear that gets me is something that's based in reality. Not that fantastical fear, ghost and all it. It's that fear that, okay, this could really happen like this like um this wasn't even a horror movie but it was just that realistic uh you ever see 27 days where the dude had to cut his own arm off yep that shit scared the shit out of me only because I know that's something that that fear the look the sounds of of the dude cut his own flesh and everything else like it scared the shit out of me like and that's that's the type of shit that gets me in these video games sometimes just the overall sound the environment is just it's it's a fucking it's, a, it's just a fucking symphony for the senses I would say I know it sounds kind of corny and cliche
0: nah no, it's not Corny. I definitely understand the ambiance.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Is what does it for me with Outlast. I saved this last uh, topic for the end of the show because I know how you feel about the game. I know how I feel about the game. I want to talk about Destiny 2 because that's a definite thing. And it's coming sooner than later. Now that you know that Destiny Two is in the making and it's definitely a reality, how do you feel? Are you anticipating it?
1: It's it's up there on my it's on my list. It's like probably top bottom half of top ten, I guess I would say. Only reason the only reason I'm saying that and it's not higher up is just because I gotta see something. They have yet to show anything. All we have is speculation. And word of mouth, oh, it's going to be a bigger world. It's going to be more of an RPG, like it was supposed to be from the first go around. The only thing that has me concerned also is, damn, do I have to start over? Or uh, am I going to be able to carry something over for my character? I mean, I mean, damn near what, two, three years worth of work goes down the drain just because the sequel comes out. Like, bro, that's not even, that's not even cool to me. Like, you just completely wasted every everybody's time. But to add to that, I mean they've done that with every dlc they've released since the game released so i wouldn't be surprised if you have to start over but I, i'm thoroughly excited i just gotta wait i gotta see some gameplay i gotta see something so hopefully we'll see we'll know something by later on this year or i mean e3 definitely i know they're gonna have some type of showing for it and i hope they just don't do the damn exclusive content crap what they did with sony last year i mean last go around but that that was annoying
0: i think it's going to be better than the first one. I, I, I honestly believe that they learned from their mistakes. After all, this is Bungie we're talking about. The game that's here now is not what Bungie uh, made in the beginning. Them partnering up with Activision is why that game became trash.
1: I think these comp- some of these gaming companies, like I would say Ubisoft, for example, are, are trying to take a, a few more risks and learning from that. And, and that's the only way you can grow is by making mistakes and fixing them. Learning from those mistakes and adjusting them appropriately, you know. Uh, and I, and in any case, that with Ubisoft or Bungie and Destiny or whatever the case may be, which I think is good and bad at the get, because at the beginning of the day, it's gonna make people like me who game hard. i am like I'ma start waiting to buy games now. I've said that I haven't abide by, but I think this year that's my New Year's resolution. Other than filling up, complete my backlog of games is wait on these games for updates or whatever the case to see how they they play and all that instead of just diving in here first just because I gotta have it.
0: You know what I mean? Man, I've been telling myself that I'm gonna do that for the last seven months. And every time a game comes out, I buy in. I go get the game and the season pass and then I get suckered.
1: Well, see, and, and see, I'm gonna do it different. Like, games like that I know, I know have no multiplayer component. Resident Evil, for example, I could buy that game day one. It's going to be the same game I play six months later, other than a few updates for bug fixes and stuff like that, baby. But games like Wildlands, games like The Division, games like uh, whatever else is coming out, multiplayer. The thing that's killing us is the multiplayer game. That's what's really killing us. It's not the single player. Final Fantasy, I could buy that day one, because I have, there's really, They're adding more to it, not taking away. So those single player experiences, you can buy those day one. But I think, yeah, like in terms of multiplayer, I think like certain titles, I'm just going to hold off on because at the end of the day, I know there's something there is going to change. They're going to be that casual, proud, complaining and fussing and whatever the case may be about something wrong with the game. And they're going to go in and fix it, make it worse for everybody. Or in the case of Destiny 2, once I find out what their season pass content is going to be like, how it's going to operate and how much it's going to cost that's when I'll go buy this, once if I deem it worth it.
0: You know what I mean? Agreed. I just I'm just not gonna be outright buying season passes day one like I've done in the past. That's my game in New Year's resolution. To fall back on season passes. No more pre-ordering season passes until I know what I'm getting myself into. Let's move on to our parting shots, man, so we can close the show out. I know you got a lot to say, so the floor is yours, brother.
1: I mean, for this one, I'm, I'm I'm gonna go back to what we were just previously talking about with the indie developers. I mean, and honestly, it starts with us. You know, not me, not TK. It starts with all of us. You know, if you a guy, if you a gamer, man, woman, whatever, that enjoy this type of thing, get into the field, do something with it, be part of that renaissance. You know what I mean? You probably got ideas in your head that, you know, yeah, that nobody has even thought of. But until you take that time and get that motivation and ambition to go out there and actually do it and pursue it, you know, it's just going to sit there dormant and nobody will be able get the chance to enjoy it, your work. So just get out there and do what you love. If it has, has, it definitely has anything to do with gaming. Let us know. We'll support you. You don't know people. Exactly. people that know people. <laughs> like straight up. And that's all exactly, I Exactly, man. A
0: little
1: motivational speech,
0: that's all. Well, this is to the developers and the publishers. Please stop using YouTubers to sell your game. Stop asking YouTubers advice on how to fix your game. YouTubers make up a small percentage of the gaming community. They really do. And a lot of times you don't really bump into YouTubers that really game for the love. A lot of these YouTubers are worried about their bottom line. All they want is a game that can get them views, hits, and money. You got to get to these message boards. You got to go on social media and talk to the people to find out what's wrong with your game and what you can do better. A lot of you publishers always take the easy way out. A lot of you developers and community managers are constantly taking the easy way out by talking to YouTubers. These YouTubers don't got the answers. And again, they are just a small percentage of the gaming community. You have to talk to the people so the people can support you. And that's all I have to say. Get it together. I want to thank you guys for listening to our show. You'll catch us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. I'm signing off. My name is TK Cole. This is Black Bruce Wayne. And again, man, I'll see you guys next week. For us, whatever Microsoft and Sony are doing in terms of talking about new systems, that's for them to fight out in that red ocean. For us, we want to make sure we're bringing our best content forward, and right now the reaction to Zelda has uh, has been more than we could have ever imagined.